It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. This episode of Night Terrors is dedicated to the memory of Joanna Barber, beloved daughter of Jim Barber. We hope that Jim's continued efforts in the performing arts will be a fitting legacy to her. We hope you enjoy the performance of Jim, Joanna's cool dad, the actor. You are in a land away from sunlight. You are in a land of darkness and fear. Somewhere between waking and sleeping are night terrors. Night Terrors, an anthology of horror and suspense. Tonight's episode, Voices of the Soul, written by Ellie Hirschman. Mr. Murphy, please help me. I saw him in the car with Nick LeBay yesterday. They were talking, and then, and then... Just take a deep breath there, sugar. What happened next? Well, it looked like Constantine came over all funny and just keeled over. Tonight, I want to tell you a story from when I was squarely on your side of the veil. I think I'll do it in the way I used to love hearing stories like this. Back during a time when television was in its infancy, and people were still used to simply hearing voices. The setting sun blasted its way through my office like some fiery demon, the kind they used to talk about in Sunday school. I had taken the precaution of fortifying my body with my own version of holy water, a full tumbler of Jack Daniels with ice. As I knocked back the rest of my libation, I squinted out into the glare and observed the city, my city. It used to be a great town, and some parts of it stayed that way. A struggling P.I. like me, living over on the wrong side of the tracks, was the only affordable option. I would get the occasional case, and it was enough to keep me afloat, usually. A lot of rotten dealings went down on my side of town, stuff you wouldn't include in the letters home to Mama. I saw more than most given my line of work. One look at those horrors would make any sane man put bars on his windows and triple lock the doors at night maybe even lock his young daughter in a Swiss bank vault till she turned 24 or 25. But that stuff rolled right off me. For as long as I've known myself, and we do go back a ways, I've always been a hardened old coot. As a P.I., I was tough as the escargot in a fancy French restaurant and just as expensive. I guess I was just about as tough as they come with the gunshot wound scars to prove it. And yet, one case stuck with me. The strangest case I've ever seen yet, or ever will. 
It was the case of Nick LeBay, voiceover artist extraordinaire. The case that finally got to me. The case that will haunt and consume me for the rest of my life. <laughs> good morning, Jim, and good morning to you, Mailman Max. Have you got a bunch of letters to deliver today? Well, good morning to you, Beans. Here's your mail. I hope you're doing something extra special today. <laughs> I sure am, Max. I was just about to tell all the kids at home about how much fun it is to share. Would you like to help me? How about all you kids help me, too? It seemed like the story of a charmed life. The man of a thousand voices, Nick LeBay had dozens, maybe hundreds of voice tones, accents, and characters of all ages. He did an entire cartoon show for kids, voicing all of the roles himself. He also did a morning radio show, which I have on numerous occasions had the pleasure of switching away from. Why are you ready, Magic Frog? Ah, oh, delightful. Shall I give you to break the spell? Uh, no, see, it works differently with me, sweetheart. You gotta give me $500. Cash. Hey, I don't make the rules. Our paths should have never crossed. What would a P.I. like me have to do with a voice guy like LeBay? As it turns out, his first agent was a Greek named Constantine Legalopoulos or something odd like that. Don't ask me to spell it. Like Mrs. Scanlon, my third grade teacher, can attest, I had enough trouble learning to write my own name. Anyway, Nick and this Constantine guy went their separate ways over a year ago. But suddenly one day he takes a powder. No trace of the guy. No sign of a struggle or any foul play, just a total no-show. It wasn't my case until I got a tip about it. Some dame half hysterical. She burst in my office like a raging hurricane, the storm clouds of her perfume trailing in after her. Nice looking broad. Interesting voice on her. Said she was his secretary. Sounded like possibly more. Mr. Murphy, please help me. I saw him in the car with Nick LeBay yesterday. They were talking, and then... And then... Just take a deep breath there, sugar. What happened next? Well, it looked like Constantine came over all funny and just keeled over. Nick said something then, but I, I couldn't hear then he moved to the driver's seat and drove away with Connie still in the car. Connie, huh? Look, I'd love to help you out with this. As it turns out, I have an opening in my schedule. Well, more like a gaping hole. Business has been so lean these days, I can see its ribs. But I don't work for free. I'll check into this, but if you want to really hire me, you'll need to pay my fee. I understand, Mr. Murphy. Times are tough all over this crazy town. I don't know if I can afford to pay for your services, but here's my number. Anything you can do. Uh, right. I'll call you as soon as I find anything. None of it made any sense. Nick and Constantine had called it quits long before. The papers hadn't reported LeBay in connection with Constantine's disappearance, and his car hadn't been found either. Papers and I were thinking in a different direction. Constantine was in bed with the mob for a little while, and guys who cross the mob usually end up taking a deep-sea vacation at the bottom of San Fran Harbor. Still, this tip was my only lead. Ridiculous as it seemed, sometimes like wearing a clown suit to sell hot dogs, you have to be willing to act a little ridiculous to make some dough. 
I found out where LeBay was recording his radio show and went to check things out. The guy in the booth was a little suspicious, but he just shrugged and let me sit while LeBay made a fool out of himself in the booth. I guess I didn't expect anything but the same old slew of endless voices. And now, to comment on the upcoming Olympics, Socrates himself, Greek philosopher and father of modern thought. Socrates, it is an honor to have you with us. Uh, yes, well, in my day, we did the Olympics naked, you know. Nowadays, with your gymnastics outfits, you folks are nearly there, but it's not quite the same, don't you agree? My jaw nearly hit the floor. It wasn't an impression, it was channeling. It was almost like Nick had swallowed Constantine and was allowing him to speak. What the secretary had said still didn't make any sense, but it was now too weird to ignore. No, that's a new one on me. It's not every day he brings in a new voice. But it's always amazing to hear what he comes up with. Yeah, amazing. Is there a problem? I still don't really know why you're hanging around here. Let's just say LeBay might have come up with more than just another wacky voice. The timing was too good to be an accident. I decided that, like a school kid caught cheating, this LeBay fellow was someone I needed to keep my eye on. After his session was done, I followed him to a nearby bar and grill. It was a bit early for a drink, but I figured since I still wear white after Labor Day, I might be excused for having something to smooth my ragged nerves. Hey, Loretta. I'll have the burger and fries platter, please. And hold the stinking onions. <laughs> I sat in the booth in the corner away from LeBay so I wouldn't be spotted. He wolfed down his food like he'd never eaten good American red meat before. It made me lose any appetite I might have had for lunch. Better that way. No checks had come my way in a while, and it was cheaper just to stick with my drink. On his way out of the place, he stopped to talk to some guy sitting in a booth near the back exit. I had to strain to hear their conversation, but I needed something other than a tip from a hysterical dame and a dead-on impression of a dead Greek. But why do you want to speak to me outside? I don't even know you. I'm a voice actor, and I would love to do a quick study of your accent. It won't take long. It's just too loud in here to hear you properly. <sighs> okay, why not? Leads away. Something was up. I could feel it. I was getting a grinding feeling in my gut that wasn't coming from the Jack and Coke I just chugged. I quietly followed them to the back exit. So what is it you want me to do? Just say a few words. Tell me your name and what you do for a living. Okay, my name is Otto Gottman. I'm a watchmaker. I came from Berlin to this country and... What the hell? It looked like the old guy had gone into some sort of conniption fit. I don't know if that's really the right medical term, but his eyes rolled back in the back of his head and he collapsed, making a noise like he really didn't care for the blue plate chicken special. I burst into the alley. What's wrong with him? The old guy was out cold. LeBay looked at me. I'm with him now. Get away. That grinding feeling was in my head now. What the hell had LeBay done? Had he killed the old guy after studying his voice? While I was tripping over my jaw, LeBay dashed out the alley. I checked the old guy's vitals. He didn't have much time. So what happened next? The old guy was rushed to the hospital, but he was DOA. DOA? Yeah. It stands for... Not alive anymore. Oh, my stars. Nick killed him, too? What did the police say when you told them the story? I told them I found him passed out in the alley. 
I didn't mention LeBay at all. How could I possibly explain what I saw? LeBay had no weapon on him that I saw. I didn't even see him move. What charge could they pin on him? Accent theft? But don't you see what's happening? Nick must have done the same thing to poor Constantine. He's killing these people and stealing their souls. You've been listening a little too close to church, honey. Personally, I don't believe there is such a thing as a soul. I'd have sold mine for a drink years ago if I could find it. Even if I did believe in a soul, I don't think the cops will throw you in the hooskow for stealing one, if that's even possible. It's more of a stretch than the last time I tried to fit into my swim trunks. I guess. But what are you going to do now? You can't just let Nick get away with this. Well, if you're planning on funding this investigation, then I can continue tailing LeBay and see how this turns out. I'm sorry, I... I just can't afford your rates. Then this is where we part company, sweetheart. Give me a call if you come into some money. Maybe you can take me out to lunch sometime. You're just going to walk away from this case? Tell you what. You tail LeBay for a while. See if you can solve the case. I've got another impossible mystery to pursue. How to pay my rent next month. So long, doll. (laughs) The dame was a little nutty, no doubt about it. But I had no intention of walking away. This case had grabbed my interest like a rabid Rottweiler, and it just wouldn't let go. I checked the papers that night. There was the story of the old guy, my name mercifully left out. Funny, the rags usually love to have a field day with my name if I'm ever remotely involved. Guess my 15 minutes of fame are up. At the bottom of the article, there was a quick mention of another mysterious collapse of an elderly woman in a park a few blocks away. No sign of a struggle, blah, blah, blah. But the location was right, the timing was right, and the grinding feeling had turned into a full-on pounding headache. Sure enough, next morning, I tuned into LeBay's awful program. Mommy, did you see this letter from Junior asking for money? Now, Julius, we told him we'd support him while he was in Harvard. Ah, yes, support him, but not support all the bars and clubs in Massachusetts. I was starting to put together a pattern here, but it was too ludicrous to be true. What exactly was LeBay doing? Murdering these people and stealing their voices? In my feverish and sleep-deprived mind, I imagined how Grandma's unfortunate meeting with LeBay must have gone. Excuse me, young man. Would you be kind enough to help me up the stairs with these bags? Thank you so much. It's just so difficult to make my way up these stairs, even without all these groceries. My son keeps trying to get me to move into an assisted living place. Nonsense, I tell you. I can still cook for myself. What? Why are you looking at me like that? I am sorry. It's just that you have the most intriguing voice. Why, thank you, dear. Oh, just put those down inside. I can bring them into the kitchen. Oh, it's okay. I'll just bring them in. You're too kind. I'll have to give you something for your trouble. Now, it's funny you should comment on my voice because, you know, when I was much younger, I used to sing in a chorus with my best friend, Betty Abrams, the twin nightingales we called ourselves, and we got to sing in some...
Your voice will have a good home now. My brother Tex is a PI too. He's written me with some crazy stories, real kooky conspiracy stuff, complete with alien sightings. But this, this was completely new item on the menu. I felt as astounded as a Hollywood starlet at the SATs. The sad fact was, I really needed a drink. The sadder fact was that I couldn't afford one. I continued to tail LeBay over the next few days, but I was getting sloppy. LeBay might have known I was shadowing him. My nerves were raw with no liquor store remedies to keep me smooth. There hadn't been any more disappearances after Constantine, Grandma, and the old German, and I still had nothing to go to the cops with. LeBay had kept his hands cleaner than Howard Hughes, and a couple of new funny voices weren't enough to make him a suspect in their book. Besides, I wasn't buying this whole thing. Stealing people's voices? Swallowing people's souls? (laughs) I probably got that from the late, late movie one night. The idea was as ridiculous as it was frightening, and it was plenty of each. I decided I would confront LeBay after work. When he got done with his morning radio show, I was waiting for him at the back exit. Hello, Nick. You. You're the P.I. that's been tailing me over the last few days. I had him cornered like a rat in a filthy basement. His eyes skittered all around, bloodshot and terrified. I concluded that this was a man with some problems. Hey, that's why I'm the P.I. Johnny Murphy's the name, kid, and I'm tailing you for a reason. I know what you've been up to, LeBay. I was in the alley when you offed that old German guy behind the bar. I didn't off anybody. I'm no murderer. I'd heard that line a million different ways by a million different people, but this time I believed it. I could see the fear in his eyes. He didn't want to kill, but he couldn't stop himself. Something was forcing him to do what he was doing. His sickness was controlling him, driving him like a Cadillac with no brakes, headed off a cliff. I knew I had to keep him talking. I believe you, Nick. You do? Oh, thank God. So tell me, kid, how long has this all been going on? About two years. I... I didn't mean to do it. It just happened. I was struggling at the whole voiceover thing, sending out my demo, but getting no responses. Constantine had been my agent for a while, but really wasn't getting me any work. Then one day, I was walking through the park. Uh, excuse me, sir. Can you spare some change for a cup of coffee? Um, yeah, here you go. Thank you, sir. God bless you. I appreciate it. I, uh, I like your voice. Well, that's very kind of you, sir. But you know, living on the street plays hell with my sinuses and my throat. <laughs> now this voice will have a hole. I still don't know what I did, but somehow I stole his soul and his voice too the cops never did anything about it he was just a bum and there was no sign of foul play and that was the first of many so that's how it works you're a real piece of work LeBay so let me get this straight since then you've been collecting voices I didn't want to but that first voice got Constantine to really notice me he got me booked in my first cartoon the next day And everything took off from there. Then you dumped him as your agent, and now you've killed him. There's gratitude for you. Ah, but Mr. Murphy, 
I will be able to do so much more for Nicholas now that he and I are one. Ah, there you are, Constantine. Wondered when you'd show up. <laughs> Long time no see, huh? I believe we last spoke when you broke into my summer cottage to uh, uh, grill me about some mob case last summer. Huh? How'd you know about... But now, of course, my voice joins the many, as will yours, Mr. Murphy. Come again? Such a pleasant baritone voice. It must join us, of course. It will be perfect addition to our large family of souls. Yeah, sure, don't you know? The voice and the soul must be ours. Presenting the latest addition to Nick LeBay's voice roster, Johnny Murphy. You want to harvest my voice, my soul, like some kindergartners in an apple-picking trip. Well, I hate to put a sharp and rusty dent in your plans, but everyone who knows me knows that I'm strictly a single malt man. No cheap blends for me. You will join us. It is not a choice. You will be integrated. Opposition is useless. He started coming at me like Frankenstein's monster. Suddenly the truth hit me like a crazy short-order cook with a frying pan. It was all true. Crazy as it sounded. Something told me if I didn't move fast, I'd be joining a voiceover cast of thousands, and my body would be permanently out of the job. Hello, you're making this quite difficult on yourself for, for no reason at all. Why not just join us? Something was happening. I felt some kind of tugging inside me, like LeBay was really somehow grabbing for my soul, but... No, baritone voice must be ours. Don't let him slip away now. LeBay just couldn't do it. It took me a second just to figure out why. LeBay was a tenor. All his characters tended toward higher-pitched voices. He simply didn't have the pipes to produce my beautiful, deep voice. The voice that drove the ladies... Oh! Oh, oh dear. Oh, it ain't gonna work. Oh, if we can't have you, I'm afraid no one can. What a waste. The bottle to the head had made it hard to see, but as I heard him coming, I felt the reassuring weight of my forty-four Magnum in my right hand. And as I smelled the combination of sweat, fear, and pure evil coming off him, I knew I didn't need to see him to bring him down. Ah, the taste of gunpowder. Nothing like it. Four out of five senses were all I needed to take care of LeBay. Then all five went out as I lost consciousness. When I came to, the cops were already drawing a nice chalk picture of LeBay on the pavement. A bit sloppy, but the resemblance was there. I was taken to the hospital, treated for my knock to the noggin, and released with an admonition to avoid drinking. I nodded wisely and planned to ignore that advice. Of all the days to consider kicking the habit. Everything washed out in the police report. I finally told the cops about Nick's connections to Constantine and my involvement in the case. They didn't ask much beyond that. It was pretty clear to them that my snooping had set Nick off and his attack on me simply proved his guilt. My actions were deemed self-defense, and I even got a complimented on my shooting abilities. It's not easy shooting with a scalp full of glass and a head full of stars. After that, I guess I was right back where I started. Flat broke and no real prospects in sight. Sure, the coppers threw me the occasional case or two over the years once I'd proven I was worth my salt, but 
My phone would go quiet for weeks. If anybody was dying, nobody called me to find out why or who done it. I did get the occasional call from that secretary. Her name's Sophia, by the way. She and I became friends and kept in touch over time, but nothing more than that. So, night after night I would sit, a drink in my hand, all alone once again. Only difference is, since that case, even to this day, I've never really been alone. Every night I hear the voices begin their call. Johnny, we need more voices, Johnny. Why not look up that beautiful Sophia and convince her to join us? Bloody hell, you shan't put off that voice, you know. You're always so negative. Can't you be encouraging for once? I reckon y'all should shut your pie holes before I get tired of hearing all that chat. You have been listening to Night Terrors, Voices of the Soul, written by Ellie Hirschman. Original music composed and realized by Kevin Kirby and Chris Snyder. Featured in the cast were Jim Barber as Johnny Murphy, Eliza as Sophia, Ellie Hirschman as Nick LeBay, and all the stolen voices, and Mark Brzee as the engineer. The series is produced and directed by Mark Brzee, co-production by Chris Snyder, Post-production by Byron Lee and Chris Snyder. The executive producer of Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production. So until next time, sleep well. There's a train headed your way. It's the Transcontinental Terror Express, pulling into the Mutual Audio Network Depot in October. I'm Boris, your conductor. This train is powered by your favorite horror actors, writers, and producers who are dying to entertain you. And I'm Igor. As your engineer on this trip, I can't be held responsible for any accidents, even if they're on purpose. I'll make sure your ride is as smooth as the blood on a corpse's face. Uh, you're not fun. It's the best audio horror on the rails. It always goes off the rails. Be sure to subscribe to the Mutual Audio Network now, so you don't miss a single scary Sunday. And there are five Sundays in October, including... Halloween! Five wonderful weeks of fears for your ears! All aboard! The Transcontinental Terror Express! We're working up a good head of scream for you! (laughs) 